Today's guest has made millions and millions of dollars, but his success is fueled by one thing, his desire to be generous and make a difference in the world. Get your notebooks ready. There are a lot of gold nuggets in today's episode. Welcome to the WalletWin Podcast. Each week, we take a look at a different piece of the personal finance puzzle. I'm Jonathan Texera. And I'm Amanda Texera. We're your guides on your journey to getting out of debt, building wealth, and changing the world through generosity. Here we go. As we dive into today's episode, I just want to first acknowledge, yes, I have a cold. And I sound a little (laughs) bit weird. (laughs) I always sound weird, so I don't have any excuse. (laughs) So it might sound uh, a little bit different today, but I just wanted to kind of acknowledge what the elephant in the room. Is that the right phrase? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) All right. We have a very special podcast episode for you guys today. And a reason, one reason I know it's so special is how much resistance we got to recording the thing. So when we set up uh, the recording for this episode. So it's an interview. It's an interview with a very special guest and I cannot wait to introduce him to you guys. Uh, he had a bunch of tech glitches on his end that day. Oh yeah. yeah. So I mean, we started, what was half an hour late? Yeah. Because he had some, because he had some, some stuff, stuff earlier that got, uh, didn't work. So it got pushed. We were interviewing, we were going to interview over Skype. He forgot uh, the classic. The classic forgot, forgot my Skype password <laughs> and it takes six hours <laughs> To go through all the steps it takes to reset those, and then like it was on the wrong was, computer. So when we didn't we have his Apple ID, and oh, it like sent goodness. to an old email. By the time we got on, like then I think a lamp fell on him. Yeah, a light <laughs> fell on him as we recorded. And then the internet, like something made weird it go happened out. where he couldn't hear us, and then he sounded like a robot, and then we had to re-record part of it. And, oh my! And, everything that happened could have. I mean, I think just the only thing that didn't happen was that I didn't trip and break my arm. Right. Maybe, maybe (laughs) slightly less things went wrong than that. But the point of it was like in our entrepreneurial journey, there have been many a times that the the tech gremlins come out and sabotage us. And there was a good stretch there where I got my panties in a wad over every single one of those and freaked out and lost, you know, we lost our peas about like the webinar that went down or whatever it was. But this time I just had a smile on my face because I've learned that when there is great resistance like this, all it means is that whatever, if I continue to push through and persevere, the the finished final product that's going to come out the other side is that much more needed. Ooh, I mean, that's good in business and all that was in our experience or making things, but I'd say that's a great lesson with finances too. Mm. It's going to be hard. You're not, might, you might not want to keep going in, in paying off debt or saving or getting spending under control or making a plan or whatever it is that you are doing right now. But you push through. You get there. You get to the end, the finished product. You work your way through the, the money milestones and the financial phases. You get to that finished product. You're living the dream. You're being generous. You're making a change in the world. And today's interview – is all about that, all about generosity and just the, the, what it opens up for you, uh, the, the way you are able to change the world and make a difference, sure, on, the, on a global scale. And this guy we interview has made a difference on a global scale and how you can make a difference in your circle of friends and family or right. in your community. Mm-hmm. It's This is probably my – I mean, I love Bananas Law. This <laughs> – is a very good episode. 
It is. And our, <laughs> without further ado, <clears throat> got to clear my throat there. <clears throat> our special guest today uh, is somebody <laughs> that we have come to greatly admire, and his name is Stu McLaren. Uh, he is running the tribe community, and we bumped into him. You'll hear a little bit more about our story of how kind of we encountered Stu for the first time. It's a fun mm-hmm. one. Um, but we really just admire the socks off him and his wife, Amy, um, and just the the team and the culture that he is building and the impact that he's having, um, not only in the business world, but just in the world in general. Yeah. So we cannot wait to share with you guys um, just his heart, his generous heart. And really, you're going to hear about some of the financial generosity today that he has taken seriously um, in his life and with his business. But what's more important and maybe not, maybe not more important, but just as important is just how he lives generosity with his time, uh, with his joy, with his, just how he exudes generosity just by in friendship and just the way he carries himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has been a blessing to us, because uh, we have run around a few different business circles in our 18 months, our short 18 months of <laughs> being officially open for business in Wallowin. And there's been some entrepreneurs that uh, they've taught us something, but we didn't really resonate on a human level. And they were building a business maybe that didn't reflect kind of our values, our family-based values. Um, But Stu's a family man. Uh, He's also an adoptive parent. And there's so many ways that uh, he has influenced us, not only in business, but in family, and certainly with financial generosity. And we cannot wait to share Today's interview with you guys. Well, we were we 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 talked to him. It was a couple of days ago, so we've got it recorded. You did not have a cold at the time. I didn't, so I'm going to sound you awesome. Sound normal, so it's <laughs> going to sound like she just cleared her throat like amazingly. <laughs> uh, but it it was a recording from a couple of days ago, uh, so we're going to hit play on that for everybody. It's this is inc- I love this episode. I'm pumped, and uh, and I hope you enjoy it too. All right, so Stu, we have a story for you. We have never, we have not shared this story with you. I feel like we have a few examples of that where we <laughs> hide stories of how you've influenced our lives. <laughs> but this was a little over a year ago. We went to Jeff Walker's conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, it was a conference for business owners. And there was times when, you know, Jeff would lead us through some sort of a training. And then you'd have to go practice Whatever it was with other people. And you had to share your answers. And it kind of was like little mini small groups kind of just pod off in your seats at the conference. Yeah. So after one of these, Jonathan comes back to me because he, you know, went off and talked. You're supposed to go meet new people. So I just kind of ran across the room. Yep. Got into a group. <laughs> he comes back and he goes, hey, I just met somebody. And uh, he kind of wants to live in a similar way that we do. And I said, how's that? And he said, I met somebody who wants to give away 90%. And live off 10, kind of like a reverse tie. reverse tie thing. And, and I said... He's working on it. That's what he wants to get to. Right. And I thought, nobody does that. Who wants to do that? Like, we don't know anybody that, that likes that. Who is this? And I said, as a stew, this, uh, this that stew guy. Stew? <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what? Stew who? That's... Wait. Stew McLaren? <laughs> what? Do you not know who this is? Yeah, I knew who he was. was pulling your leg a little bit. You're being silly. Um, (laughs) So that's kind of our introduction to you was finding out about your heart for generosity. And just Mm. uh, we immediately knew because you shared that core component that we wanted to hang around you more. Sure. Because with with, uh, with Walt, right? I mean, 
you guys might be listening to this thinking, all right, I'm tuning into this this money podcast, uh, trying to figure out you know how to use my money, get it working for me. But now you're going to start talking about just giving the money away. Well, how does this fit in? Well, it fits in because it's so important to have uh, to have generosity as a component of your relationship with money and how you use it. And, and certainly, you can kind of see, right? Oh yeah, sure. When you when you when you when you've gotten out of debt and you build the wealth and and you want to make a big change in the world, you, you have the means and and you can do it. But it's you're probably not likely to. Do it because you're not going to have the muscle built up, that generosity muscle, unless in order to make start, those big checks. And unless all that. you start in the beginning. Yeah, and it's a, a vital component to, to money. And so that's why we're talking about generosity today, why we've got Stu uh, on the podcast and just to, to just talk about, yeah, just the power of generosity, the, the joy of generosity and how much fun it is. Yep. So Stu, could you share with us just kind of the evolution of your personal relationship with money and kind of how generosity became a core component of that? Well, growing up for me, and by the way, thank you guys. Uh, I didn't know that story, so uh, that was uh, neat for me to hear. So thank you for that. But yeah, for me growing up, like I grew up in a family with two parents who just worked really hard. You know, we were a blue collar family and the way to get ahead was just to work more. So both my parents, they both worked two full-time jobs. You know, my dad would work in high school from nine in the morning till three in the afternoon. And then he would work uh, in, in the high school. He was working with kids with special needs. And then he'd work in a group home with uh, uh, people with special needs from eight at night till eight in the morning, four nights a week. Hmm. And then my mom was very similar. She would work like uh, from nine to to three in an elementary school with kids with autism and then three nights a week the three that my dad wasn't working at night uh, she would work in a fine dining restaurant and so that's kind of how I grew up was just like parents who worked really hard and we weren't anywhere near the most financially successful family in fact like you know I would say we were on the lower end and it wasn't uh, it wasn't for a lack of effort because like they worked all the time and and yet they were amazing parents and that they were at every basketball game and soccer game and track me I don't know as a parent now I don't know when they slept like I seriously like when I look back on it I don't know how they did it and so this was this was my upbringing was just like you know we're we're barely getting by uh, you know, we, you know, we did, we, we would vacation like once every four years. Like this was kind of like kind of where we were at, but there was a moment when like I had this turning point when I was roughly around 12, my dad loves to tell this story, but like it was roughly around 12 and, and, um, and I realized like nobody works harder than my parents. So like hard work mm-hmm. is, does not equal financial success. Like and I don't know what triggered it or whether it was like, you know, it slowly came on, but I started to ask different questions. I started to ask like, well, hmm. how is somebody more successful than financially successful than my parents? Because nobody mm-hmm. outworks them. And right. it just started taking me down different paths uh, as it related to, to money. And and the story that I was going to share that my dad loves to tell is that there was one day when, you know, we were, uh, my dad was building a deck for our house. And you know, if anything was going to get done in our house, it meant that my dad was going to build it and create it because we didn't have money to be pay somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my dad said to me, he's like, hey, Stu, you know, uh, uh, sorry, my, my family immigrated from England. So it was more like, oi, Stu, get over here. <laughs> and so I, I go over and, and he's like, look, let, watch me because I'm going to show you how to build this deck because one day you're going to need to know how to build the deck. And I was like, no, dad, I'm good. And he's like, what do you mean you're good? And I said, when it comes time when I need to build a deck, I'm going to make enough money that I can pay somebody to do it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he's like, okay. So this is like one of those moments when this was started the, the shift for me. And, you know, but I still went down the traditional path. You know, like I, I, 
did everything I was supposed to do. I got good grades in school. I went to university and, and, uh, there's a story there, but I ended up graduating like, you know, top of my class, most outstanding male. Like I went and got the corporate job. Like everything was lining up. And like when I got that corporate job, I remember like my parents just like elated, like, yes, mm -hmm. like we have made it. We did our job as parents. Like mm -hmm. I was making more than both my parents combined in this job. Like I had a company car and benefits. They're just like, yes, like we've done it as parents. Like he's set. Mm -hmm. And then I like, but I knew inside of me that something just didn't fit right. I, I was like a square peg in a round hole. Like mm -hmm. I, I could see my future like in this cubicle and I'm just like, that sucks. Like that is not the life that I wanna lead. And so for me, like I, I knew there was something different. And so I remember there was a moment when I turned to a friend of mine and we were at a conference and literally in a couple months, I was scheduled to start in this corporate job. And I turned to him and I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna resign from Maple Leaf before I even start. And he's like, what? He's like, what do you mean you're gonna, resign he's like what are you gonna do and you know like when you get those questions back and you're like uh oh like what if i just said you know <laughs> this is one of those moments and i was like i i i don't know what i'm gonna do but i know that this is not the path for me mm -hmm. and so long story short like i started my entrepreneurial journey and and uh, i just had this feeling like I was used to being a student. I was used to eating peanut butter and jam sandwiches. So like, you know, if I was gonna struggle as an entrepreneur, this was the time to, you know, to go for it. Right. And I did, you know, and it was, you know, for a, for a while it was a little demoralizing. Like I went back to my parents and, and I, I shared with them that I wanted to go down this entrepreneurial path and, and I could see the fear in their eyes, mm -hmm. you know? Cause like, mm -hmm. and, and now like as, as a parent myself, I could, I can totally understand it. You know, they work so hard and, you know, they're, you know, for them, they just wanted their kids to not have to have the same struggle that we had financially growing up. And, right. and they've, they were like, yes, like we've done it. Like he's, he's on his way. And then I throw like this, you know, a uh, curveball where I said, I don't want to go down that path. And I could see the fear in my dad's eyes. Like, you know, and, and he said to me, he said, you know, Stu, I, I will always support you. He said, but like, he said, I don't want you to have to struggle the way that your mother and I have struggled like, mm -hmm. and so he said, he's like, look, I'll make a deal with you. You can stay at home for a year, rent free. You do whatever, you know, you need to do to get your business off the ground. Your mother and I will support you. But after that year, if you aren't where you envision, he's like, then I'm going to encourage you to go back into the corporate world. Wow. And I was like, okay. So that was the beginning of my journey. And so, you know, for the first several years, I struggled. Like, I was just barely getting by, like, just trying mm -hmm. to do my thing. And I, and, you know, positivity is my number one trait on Strengths Finder. So I'm like, we'll figure it out. Like, we'll find my, <laughs> like, it's part of the journey, you know. And, and I, like, it sucked. And I remember those times when, you know, I'd go out with friends and, they're all, they've got corporate jobs, so they're able to afford to buy dinner. I couldn't. So right. I'd come and I'd just get a glass of water and they'd be like, are you not eating? I'm like, oh no, you know, I'm, I'm not hungry. You know, like it wasn't because I wasn't hungry. I was starving, but like <laughs> I didn't have money to buy anything and I was embarrassed by it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I remember those days. Um, and so for me, like when I think about giving, like it was, uh, it was hard in the beginning, but I, I, uh, I did love to give like, uh, I had another friend of mine who he started going down the corporate path. And so when I went the entrepreneurial path, he went the corporate path. And this was about like three or four years into my journey, starting my business. And at that point it had started to like pick up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he, he decided to quit his corporate job. And, and I was just like, I, man, I, I remember 
like just having so much admiration for him because he had gotten he'd he'd worked his way up the corporate world he was it was a very nice paying job and then he was making a huge turn mm-hmm. to now um he wanted to he was helping with a ministry in uh, in particular and so he had to raise his salary like he had to go and ask friends and family to like contribute for his salary and um and i remember like you know that moment this was probably 2006 maybe 2005 2006 and i i said i'll contribute and i remember like contributing 500 bucks a month to braden and uh, and he told me then that I was like his largest contributor, and I remember <laughs> like um, it was just a great, it was such a great feeling to be able to like make money in my business and then mm-hmm. contribute it to people that I was, you know, that I loved, and that was the start. Um, now it blossomed in a big way, and we can certainly talk about that, like from those early beginnings of of giving to like you know my ambitions uh, now and, and the vision now, like what you guys said where. We live on 10% and give away 90%. Um, and trust me, that does not mean that uh, my wife wants to cut back on any traveling or any of the life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's definitely changed my perspective on like how we go about doing that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where it all began. When you were uh, presented with that, that, um, that opportunity to support your friend, um, you know, and the, that was kind of one of the, maybe the, the first or one of the first uh, opportunities to kind of just to give and, and certainly at a, at a, a decently generous scale. Um, what was that kind of the, the, was it pretty just automatic? I mean, right. Especially, you know, it seems like some people are coming up from uh, maybe a tighter financial uh, upbringing might have a tendency to kind of just kind of hold on to things and be a little scarcity about it and, and, um, and just kind of hold on to it instead of just being able to just kind of to give and just get into that generosity, um, mindset or habit or whatever just kind of how was that uh that decision or that opportunity like when you thought through it and ultimately said yes you know i wish i could tell you that it was like a calculated decision um (laughs) it was just it it was more emotional like i just Mm -hmm. i i love to support people that you know i care for and so for me i've just kind of always had this mentality and i think it's you know being an entrepreneur it's that I can a figure things out and b there's more where that came from. So like even if I don't know where it is right now, I just have the belief that like we ha- as entrepreneurs, we have the greatest gift in the world. Like we we can take like an idea and we can turn it into something and then people pay us for it. Like it's amazing. And so you know, for me I just I always felt like okay, well that's $500. So I'll just I'll think of an idea that generates $500 a month and then I just right. allocate that to Braden. Like yep. that's just kind of like where my mind goes. <laughs> it's just it's not like I'm I'm taking a piece of my pie. It's just like okay, well, let's just make the pie bigger now. Like let's find a way to make the pie bigger and then, you know, the next thing we'll just make make it bigger again and you know like so even when we talk about living off 10% and giving away 90%, that again, like I said, I, I said it jokingly, but I am dead serious in the sense that like that does not mean that we want to sacrifice our lifestyle. So let's just use simple math. Let's say it costs us a million dollars a year to live the life that we want to lead. Okay, well, if I want to give away 90%, then that means that I have to find a way to make $10 million. Okay, right. great. Yeah. Let's say my lifestyle is $10 million a year. Then that means I need to find a way to make $100 million a year. You know what I mean? Like it's just a, it's just a game. It's just a game. It's just a numbers game. And as entrepreneurs, like there's there's no limit on the amount of money that we can make and earn. And that for me is kind of where it all starts, Jonathan. So like even back then with Braden, I wasn't making a whole lot of money, but I was 
still had the same similar mindset as I do now back then without knowing it, which was just like, okay, well, let's just find an idea, a, an idea that can, can make that versus like, I would say a different mindset is, um, and I remember we had two neighbors that were roughly around the same age as my wife and I, Amy and I. And when we think about like putting money aside for different things, whether it's investments or whether it's heck a new home or whether it's a car or whatever, a lot of times like um, we could see, feel the difference with uh, these these neighbors that we had. They're wonderful people. But in their minds, it was like, okay, what what do we have to cut back to be able to save from what we're currently making to be able to afford X, Y, Z? And my mindset and Amy's mindset is like, okay, what do we need to make to create that additional revenue? So it's mm -hmm. less about like, you know, squeezing down and more about expanding and that's kind of always been in my DNA as an entrepreneur. And uh, so, yeah, so it was, I, I would love to say that it was like a calculate thing. It was more like an emotional thing, like, hey, Braden needs help. Okay, like, let's, yeah. I'll help him. And then I'll figure yeah, out a yeah. way to be able to do that. Yeah, cool. I mean, we, when we talk about personal finances with people, like, uh, we do teach them the skills to like strip back if they're going after a particular goal, but we don't want people to stay there because I don't think people, they don't want to live there, this frugal right. existence where they're just penny pinching and, and that, eating ketchup for dinner. Yeah, that's not a place. Nobody's meant for that. And so we do teach them a lot of ways to get creative about how to expand their income and grow it, even if they are in that, you know, middle class, corporate job, whatever it is that they're doing. And we've noticed that in our own life and then with our students that even when, you know, their incomes are smaller and they're practicing being generous and this belief that you kind of mentioned of like there's always more of that it'll all there'll always be another an, another way for our family to be provided for um it's it's funny because it's almost like more money comes to them in some ways yes. because they're now noticing opportunities it's not like they just have a money magnet and it just comes out of nowhere but it's because <laughs> their mindset is that they're already consciously waiting for these seeds that are just planted in our everyday opportunities that might be something that leads to more income mm -hmm. totally and and like listen i think we should all be wise with our money i don't think it's like this in this situation where you know okay like stewie's out like willy-nilly just everybody you know make it rain like like that's not that at all like we all got to be wise with our money you know right. and and oftentimes that means like taking a look at like where where the money's going and be like okay is this necessary like no this isn't necessary we don't need these things okay great cut those out but it's it's a it's a shift in mindset when it's like it's like squeezing versus expanding and mm -hmm. you hit the nail right on the head Amanda it's like at some point it you we do cut back and we make sure that we're being efficient and wise with our money but there's so much more room when you just open your mind to what is possible and and that creates uh energy and and as you said like you start seeing things and opportunities and and uh, and that's what's for me, that's what this is why I love. I'm so grateful to talk to you guys about this because I feel so passionate about this. This is why I love entrepreneurship because there are no limits. And so, like when you already have a generous heart, like all entrepreneurship does is just allow us to do it on a bigger scale. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When you were talking about um, kind of going through making that decision to just you know make that gift, you said that um, you know it was like oh yeah, and I had the same mindset that I that I do now about it all. I maybe I didn't know it at the time. So as you have, 
as you've been generous, as you've given over the years, and maybe it, whether it was small amounts or very large amounts, what have you learned about yourself as you've been generous? Like, what lessons have you learned there that you might not have learned otherwise? Great question. I mean, I, I, I have to take a moment and acknowledge my wife because she's expanded my mind tremendously in terms of like what's possible. So I always gave and, you know, Braden was uh, a great example. Friends who are doing like, you know, marathons and they're raising money for that. I, you know, chip in there and chip in there. But I was never like, um, uh, how would I say? I was never like intentional about uh, proactively doing it. It was more of like a reactive thing. Like people would say, hey, can you help? And yes, I'd help. So it was always reactive. And what Amy really taught me was how to be proactive in it. And, you know, one of the things that she has always done is traveled. She loves, loves, loves to travel. And so for the first, uh, you know, four years that we were together as a couple, she was gone two and a half of those years traveling around the world. And she would be gone to like, you know, uh, the off beaten path and where she was interacting with these communities uh, um, in developing countries where they had nothing like there was nothing. And so she always said to me, she's like, Stu, like, you'll you'll never really realize how far a dollar will go until you're like with the people that you are helping and contributing to. And so one year there was this um, we were watching this show. Uh, I don't know if any of your listeners remember it, but Oprah had a show called The Big Give and she would travel around to these different communities in the US and she would contribute like one hundred thousand dollars and then this team of people would like change, change and transform some family's life. Mm -hmm. And it was just like one of the best shows, like mm -hmm. every episode you'd feel your heart fluttering. And you know, for me and Amy, like our emotions were always flowing. Like we'd be crying <laughs> at the end of every episode. <laughs> like, oh, so um, but like there was one episode, uh, we were a couple weeks into December and we watched it and it was just like, it was super inspiring. And then uh, at the end of it, Amy turned to me, she's like, I, I want to do this. And, you know, being the supportive, like, husband, I'm like, yeah, of course, honey. Like, yeah, absolutely. We we should do something like this. And she's like, no, I, I'm serious, dude. She's like, I want to do something like this, but I want to do it in a developing country. And I'm like, absolutely. You know, the supportive husband. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I said, when do you want to do this? And she's like, over the Christmas holidays. And I, I remember saying to her, I'm like, babes, that's like in two weeks. And she's like, oh. And she and she's like, you're the business guy. You figure out how to raise the money. I'm the traveler. I'll figure out all the details of where we're going. I'm like, what? <laughs> so this was the beginning for me. And so we did. We we did a fundraiser. We ended up raising like an online fundraiser. We raised like fourteen thousand dollars. And so we took that money. And she found some community way up in the mountains of El Salvador. And they didn't speak a word of English. We don't speak a word of Spanish. There was a lot of acting going on to figure out like how we could help these people. But long story, like I'm in this community and, you know, we're just seeing so many opportunities of ways that we could help. And, you know, we helped them with their school. We helped, you know, 59 girls with their tuition that year. And uh, it was just it was an amazing experience. And I remember coming back on the plane with Amy and I turned to her and I said, like, OK, I get it. You know, mm -hmm. I get it. I understand what it is that you were talking about in terms of like how far a dollar will go and the impact and the ripple effect that it can have. So I said, let's let's figure out how to make this official. So then we ultimately for us, we ended up forming our own nonprofit, which is called Village Impact. And, you know, the very long story short is for some reason we felt pulled to Africa and we ended up focusing all of our energy and efforts uh, in Kenya, where we now build uh, schools. 
And I remember the first time we were looking to build our very first school and we, we guys, we had like 300 and something dollars in our charity bank account, right? Like we just formed, like we had no right. money in the charity bank account. And so we're, we're talking to the chairman of this community and we're trying to find out like how much things cost. And, um, so we're asking them and they're telling, and it was basically, it was like a school, a classroom would cost at the, at that time it was roughly $10,000. Now it's about you know, 12,500, but then it was around $10,000. And they were saying like the average school has about, you know, 10 to 12 classrooms. So I'm doing the math. I'm like, that's like over a hundred thousand dollars. And we got $300 in our bank account. And <laughs> so then like our, uh, Irene, who's, we call her the mother Teresa of Africa. She was helping us like, you know, with this. And I remember there was this one moment we we're in the, in the van and she turns to us and she said, do you want me to find another NGO that we could partner with to help, you know, build this school? And Amy, without hesitation, turned to her and said, no, 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 this, we're, we got this. Like, this is our school. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Like, we have 300 <laughs> Where are we going to do this? But she's like, we'll figure it out. I was like, okay. But then, so I'm interacting, I'm talking to the chairman of this community. I'm trying to find out the cost of other things, like, you know, how much the supplies and desk costs. And I said to him, and then I asked, how much does it cost to fund the full-time salary of a teacher? And he said it's about $100 a month. And, and that hit me, guys. Like, it, it like hit me. And it, it was, this was a moment that forever transformed my perspective on money. Hmm. Because in that moment, prior to that moment, if I'm, you know, in 100% transparency, I used to feel guilty about making money. Because at that point, like, my business had started to, to grow we were doing well, you know, I would make around, you know, 300 to $400,000 a year. But every time I would get to that $400,000 mark, I don't know what it was. It was like a, like a subconscious limit where my subconscious would be like, whoa, Stewie, buddy, this is way more money than both parents combined. Anybody in your community, you know, w would be earning. Like, you're way beyond your limits here. And my subconscious would, like, kind of kick in, and I would start doing stupid things. I wouldn't call clients back, or I'd stop doing marketing campaigns that I knew would work. Like, it was the weirdest thing. Hmm. And then, of course, my income would start, would come back down to, like, that two hundred fifty dollars to $300,000 level, and everything was fine. And so I never really realized what was going on until that moment in Africa, because in that moment, like that chairman, when he said $100 a month, I, I made this connection because I was selling a piece of software at the time that we were selling for $100 for a single site license. And, and I made this connection of like, well, wait a minute, if I just sell one more license of the software, like imagine the impact I can have because I could fund the salary of this teacher. But then the real light bulb went off, which was like, well, wait a minute. Like, what if you make a whole lot more money? Then you can allocate a whole lot more to the people and causes that you're passionate about. And this was just like this freeing um, limit that was just lifted from my subconscious because at that point, like I realized making money is a very honorable thing because the more you have, the more you can give. And, yes. and so this changed my perspective on money. I no longer feel guilty about making money. I love making money. Look, making money is one of the most honorable things that you or I could do because then, as we said, the more money we make, the more impact we can have. And impact happens in so many different ways. It happens with the people that we're, you know, that we love in our family, like our close, our family and our close friends. It also can mean in your community, like the kids' school or the activities that they do, or it could mean in the world, like some of the projects that we're doing over in Africa. There are different, you know, circles of impact that we have in our lives. 
but you can't impact any of those if you don't have the financial resources. And when I'm on the other side of this now, you know, with my wife and I also having our nonprofit, I can tell you there's no better, more leveraged way to help any nonprofit anywhere than by contributing your financial resources. Because sure, you can give time, but time is limited for all of us. There's only so much time that we can give. But financial resources, there's an unlimited amount that we can give, and um, and that is the ultimate leverage. So for me, like when I trace it all back, like there's been an absolute transformation in my journey when it, and my relationship with money. I used to unknowingly feel really guilty about making it. And so when I would get, you know, I'd start experiencing success, my subconscious would kick in and it would bring it right back down. But it wasn't until I made that realization and that connection and realized like, wait a minute, money is a very good thing. Like mm -hmm. the more we have, the more we can give. And now we love giving to, you know, our family and our close friends and our community. And of course, like with our nonprofit. And it is it's the thing that lights me up the most. Like um, I love giving. I love creating surprises. I love, you know, crafting experiences for people. And that none of that would be possible uh, if we didn't have the financial resources for it. Thank you for sharing that. I yeah, think, I mean, awesome. we always share with our students that all of us um, have something in our hearts that, that breaks it. We all have something to give the world. Um, and But if we don't have the finances to help make it happen, we don't get to. And we hear so many people say things like, oh, I'll, I'll do a, you know, I'll contribute to charity or help this person when I win the lottery or blah, blah, blah. But really it's, creating a plan for your money and then getting it working for you, increasing your income, and then just making a plan of which opportunity are you going to go after? How are you going yeah. to move? How are you going to change the world? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And start thinking about it in that way of like, it is possible and I'm going to align my life so that that's what I get to do. And I get to be a gift to my, to my family, to my friends, to my community and to the world. And there's so much, there's so many fun ways to give. Like this is, this is what I want <clears throat> mm -hmm. to, to, really um, plant a seed for everybody is that there's so many fun ways to give. And you know, we do it in little ways, we do it in bigger ways, um, but all of them, like you can really create a fun experience about it. And if anybody's got kids that are listening, like involving them in that process yes. of giving is one of the greatest experiences that you can provide your kids because it opens their minds to to what's possible and to, and to lead with generosity. And, and that's for me, like with two young ones, like there's nothing more that I treasure than those moments when we are, you know, uh, in our giving experiences and, and uh, involving them in that. Um, I know that I think around Christmas time, do you bring your kids into an activity with you and Amy? Yeah, we do. We do it. Uh, so there's a, uh, there's a bunch of things that we do. Like um, one of the, the ones that I actually watched, it was a YouTube video. So like I save videos on YouTube of like people doing uh, fun, you know, acts of generosity. Yep. And I saw this one video of this guy who went into a grocery store and he had talked to the grocery store manager ahead of time. And he said like, you know, when I'm behind a person, like I'm gonna pay for their groceries. So like mm -hmm. check out like all their groceries, tell them the total and then tell them that their groceries have been paid for. And and he's like, and then I'll pay for it like after they, they clear out. And right. so I watched this and it was like the most amazing thing. And, and so I showed Amy and she's like, let's do it. And I'm like, yes. So we go to a grocery <laughs> store and we, uh, we talk to the grocery store manager. And for us, the first time we did this was around Thanksgiving. So we went in and uh, it was like the most incredible experience because uh, Marla was with us at the time. We didn't have our son, Sam, at, yet, but Marla was with us. And so we involved her. She was three. And so we said, like, she gets to pick, like, you know, who the people are. 
So we'd go around and we're like, you can't say anything, you know, and this is like a three-year-old. So we're like, oh my gosh, no, she keeps secret. But anyway, so we'd go around and she'd pick somebody and uh, so we'd come in behind them and uh, it was so much fun because you get to be part of the surprise. You know, like sometimes with a surprise, like you can't actually see their reactions. Yes. This time we could. So we come in behind this, it was a, a woman. And uh, and so they check out all her groceries and then the, the clerk behind says, okay, your total was like 120 something dollars. And he's like, but I have good news. And she's like, what's that? And he, and, uh, he says, all your groceries have been paid for. And she said, pardon me? And, <laughs> and he's like, your groceries, they've been paid for. And she's like, by who? And he's like, an anonymous, uh, an anonymous donor. And, and she's like, donor? And then she almost got like offended by it. But then she's like looking around like to see if she's on camera. And she grabbed her groceries and ran. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one reaction. The next oh, reaction was beautiful because it was like this um, it was like this uh, elderly uh, man. He was, you know, probably in his early 70s. And he had like you could tell like he was buying groceries for like, you know, a big family uh, feast or whatever. And uh, so he had this and it was probably like, you know, 200 and something dollars. And um, so it it rings through and the clerk says the same thing to him. And he just kind of looked at the clerk and he said the same thing. It was pardon me. And he said, your, your groceries are paid for. And he just stood there and literally like tears just start streaming down his face and i was like i i'm you know i'm getting moved, uh thinking about it like now like it was like one of the most amazing like th experiences to see like just the gratitude you know mm -hmm. and uh, and he didn't know who to thank or how to thank and and we're all behind him and i you know i'm you know i get involved in this i'm like oh that's a that's amazing like you your groceries are paid for i'm like so wait i'm like, I'm like <laughs> um but it was just it was a beautiful beautiful thing and so Jonathan's we love doing those here. kinds of experiences and, and we'll do them all the time. Like with the kids, like even we'll go to the, you know, uh, in Canada, I'm up here in Canada and we have our, our Tim Hortons, you know, coffee shop. And so we'll get a, a seat right by the drive through window and, and we'll pay, you know, like we'll give them like uh, 30 bucks and we'll pay for like, you know, a whole bunch of cars coming through. We get to see like people's reactions as they're going through the drive through and they hear that their, you know, uh, coffees were paid for or whatever. So there's just there's all kinds of fun ways that you can yeah. do it and involve the kids. Um, and then my wife and I, we've got into this rhythm of doing what we call a super surprise every year. And uh, and that that's another one of those things that just lights me up in a whole in a whole different uh, way and I, I can share it if you want but um, anyways I just want to give you uh, uh, yeah I'll throw it back to you well I love I, I know about the super surprise you're talking about from this last year you surprised some friends with a trip of a lifetime to, for an island where you guys what did you do in the water like yeah so um, two uh, two years ago um, I was in Australia with uh, my family and one of my friends lives in a community and it just so happened that there was this other uh, one of his neighbors was a guy named Ben Wilson. Now, Ben Wilson probably means nothing to you or I if we are not into kiteboarding. kiteboarding. And kiteboarding is like this where they have, you know, they have this kite up in the sky and it pulls them through the water on a surfboard. And Ben Wilson just happens to be one of the world's top kiteboarders. He holds all kinds of Guinness Book of World Records. Mm -hmm. And long story short, he has this island that he has access to for like eight weeks of the year and it's just off of fiji and he runs these kiteboarding weeks where like you know a group of people that you can only have so many people because the island's pretty small so it's like i think there's maximum of like 20 people come onto the island and then all week it's like one of the world's best spots for kiteboarding and he and his coach is like you know they you know uh you get to kiteboard all around all week it's amazing 
And so he was telling me about this, and I immediately started thinking of two of my friends back home, Josh and Clay, they're brothers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're two blue-collar guys. Like, you know, Clay, he's an electrician, and Josh, he works in a steel factory. And But they love to kiteboard. And kiteboarding up here in Canada, um, let me put it into perspective, like the best time to kiteboard in Canada <laughs> is like during the months of October and November. Oh. So these guys would literally like oh, wow. be kiteboarding out on the lake. They'd come in, and there's like icicles on their lines. <laughs> <laughs> So they, I mean, when I say they're committed, like they are committed, you know? Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Ben and I'm just like, man, this, this is amazing. Like Josh and Clay would, this would be like paradise for them. Mm -hmm. And so I started asking like how much it costs. And well, it turns out like if you want to go, you know, I'd have to reserve a spot for like 10 people. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And then like, you know, the cost of that, I was just like gulp. But then the entrepreneur in me kicks in, which was just like, okay. Well, how can I make this happen? Mm -hmm. And so I started asking the how question, like, you know, I, I want to do this. So how can I make this happen? And of course, like ideas started coming to me and I'm like, I could reach out to this person. They'd be in and I'd reach out to that person. They'd be in. And before I knew it, like I had it and I had enough to be able to like put down the deposit. So there's 10 of us that could go and, and to, you know, to be able to bring Josh and Clay. And so then it was a year and a half in the making of this surprise. And we involved their wives and uh, we said like, you know, we explained what we wanted to do and they're just like, oh my gosh, this is, they're going to lose their mind. And so we, we, we formulated a plan and the way it kind of rolled itself out was that um, our families are all close. So they have kids the same age as our kids. So it's common that we're, we all get together and have dinner. Right. And so they all came over for dinner. And, uh, and so at dinner, I'm like asking them, I said, so what do you guys got going on this weekend? And um, Josh says, oh, actually, we're, we're going on a kiteboarding trip like uh, up north to like one of the, the lakes. And, and, uh, and this was all part of the plan because right. their, their wives um, said like it's going it to take some time to pack all their kiteboarding mm. gear. Yes. So they're like, we'll, we'll fabricate a story that we're all going kiteboarding as a family so nice. that they pack all, this, all the gear. Perfect. So Josh nice. tells me this and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, actually, no, you're not. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I said, no, you're, you're not, you're not going on that trip that you think you're going on. He's like, well, what are you talking about? And then, and then their wives are like, <laughs> you know, they're like snickering and at the table. I'm like, actually, you're coming with me. He's like, I'm, what do you mean when I'm coming with you? I'm like, well, tomorrow you're going to be here at one o'clock with all your kiteboarding gear. And then we're going to the airport. And he said, well, where are we going? I said, I can't tell you that. I said, but you're going to have a great experience. And he's like, come on. He's like, you got to tell me something. He's like, this is crazy. Like, what do you mean? And so and so they started fishing. They were looking for, you know, details of where we were going. And, and I said, it's going to be somewhere hot. Um, and so I said, you don't have to have any more details other than that. And so they had no idea. So then we go, they come, we load up the, the car, we go to the airport and it's still a secret. And I felt like the dad, you know, I had like their passports right. and, you know, like, <laughs> and they wouldn't know. So I go in, I check in and everything's going smooth. My only weak spot in my plan was like going through um, like uh, TSA or not TSA, like border, uh, yeah, uh, border right. control. Like, so we come up to the, the, uh, the border um, patrol and, and uh, so I have Josh and Clay behind me. And I, I came up to the thing and I, I said, this is going to sound really weird, but these two guys have no idea where they're going and it's a surprise and I'd really like to keep it that way. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> okay. So I give her their passports. She asks them a couple questions. She asks me a couple questions and then boom, boom, she like stamps our passports nice. and we're through. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like the surprise is still working. They still have no idea. <laughs> So it was so much fun because we're going through the airport and I'd like start walking toward a gate and they think that that was the gate. And I'm like, turn around. And so um, we get all the way to the gate and it was like to LA. 
So we, uh, so they're like, oh, they're like, oh my gosh, like we're going to LA. This is amazing. So we go to LA, we land in LA, and I'm like, actually, guys, this is just a pit stop. Well, we got a whole another flight. They're like, what? And so then I revealed to them nice. that we were going to Fiji, and they just like, you know, they were yeah. just like, oh my gosh, like I cannot believe what's going on. So we fly to Fiji, and then I said, actually, this is not our last flight. We got another flight. I said, but you guys have to, uh, I have to go in a separate flight, um, and it was in a helicopter. And so they're like, what? We're going on a helicopter? I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm gonna go first with two other guys. I'm like, you're gonna come with, uh, we uh, brought Blake to video, uh, to take video of the whole experience. And so we fly and we land on the island. We get on the island and I'm just like, this is, they're gonna lose their minds. And so then like about 20 minutes later, the helicopter comes in and they land. And these are two like, you know, burly, you know, guys. And they land on this island and, uh, and Josh comes out and he's literally like streaming. Aww. Like he's just leaking. Like tears are just rolling down his face. And he's like, dude, I, I I don't even know what to say. And I'm like, well, let me tell you this. I said, we are here for the entire week. And I'm like, so it's like a week of paradise. And I said, and not only that, I got one more surprise for you. And he's like, how could you top this? And I said, well, our instructor for the week is Mr. Ben Wilson. And they're like, what? Like it's like the Michael Jordan of typeboarding. Like they were just losing their minds, and it was like the most amazing experience. And so when I think about like generosity and giving, and and in this case, we we do these super surprises. We do one of these super surprises every year for somebody that we love, whether it's a family member or whether it's a close friend. But this is what life is about. This is what money's having money is all about is is being able to give and being able to be generous and being able to create experiences and and contribute to the people and causes that we're most passionate about. And if we don't have those financial resources, we can't do it on the level that we want to. And that's why I love, you know, being an entrepreneur. That's why I love making money. That's why I'm passionate about what I get to do and helping other entrepreneurs do the same thing. And uh, and it's because at the end of the day, it's about who we can contribute to and uh, and the way that we can support others. Yep, yeah, and that is, it's 100% in line. That is what we teach as why Wallet Win exists. We say we, you know, Wallet Win helps people get out of debt, build wealth, and change the world through generosity. You know, they change yeah. their lives, they change the lives around them, and through that, they change the world. Um, and, and I just want to thank you. Um, you know, you've in, in a lot of ways kind of changed our world through just your for through your business and through the, the just in some sense the generosity of sharing what you've learned and and what you are kind of developing and all that in the in the business world and uh, we just got started with all that through um, you know a conversation at that at that conference with you through um, your tribe uh, program that just kind of teaches us really how to be running a big part of our wallet win business our, our membership and and all of that and um, and it's through that that we are able to be you know generating an income and making money and then having those resources to be generous with um, and so just want to just thank, thank you, you for that and um, yeah I mean it was it was a big um, just a boost to us to our business and to, to, to be able just to further um, you know our own generosity but then also to better serve our people so they can get to that point and be generous themselves. And so um, can you just really quickly uh, just tell us about, you know, if somebody, um, you know, they have an idea. We talked a lot about entrepreneurship today. You have this idea and you, you can actually turn that into something and use that as the fuel um, for, for your, your family and your giving and all of that and the, the impact you want to make in the world. Um, tell us a little, just a little bit about, I mean, what you do and how you help people kind of 
get to that place where they can turn that idea into something real and something impactful. So thank you for that. And one of the things I want to remind everybody is like this journey of managing and our money and getting comfortable with money and and certainly it leading to generosity it's a journey you know and we don't all just we all want to just jump to the point where we have a whole bunch of it and we can just give it away but yeah. it's a journey and yeah. you know we learn and we get inspired by different people in terms of what they're doing and one resource i want to give all of your listeners is a video on youtube that inspired me and that was it's called the secret billionaire and it's a story of a gentleman by the name of chuck feeney who started the duty-free shops in airports. And he made billions of dollars, but he made all this money and he felt ridiculously guilty about it. Mm. And so he just started giving it away in the hopes that like, by giving it away, it would like release the guilt. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then he, it, he st and he was doing it all secretly, but then he, st he came to the point when he turned 75 that he was just like, he started being more open about you know his philanthropy. Uh, in the hopes that he would inspire others. And he absolutely inspired me. And so when he turned 75, he was giving away a million dollars a day to the people and causes that he was passionate about. And I just look at that and I'm just like, wow, like that is so incredibly inspiring. And so when I think of like the impact that we can have, the impact grows the more financial resources that we have coming into our families and in, into our lives. And that's why I'm passionate about entrepreneurship because you know, for me, the vehicle to be able to, you know, give more comes from the ability to be able to create more. Mm -hmm. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about. And the vehicle that I've used is, is, you know, starting a business, specifically a membership or subscription business where the income comes in on a recurring basis. Yep. And I love membership businesses because it creates stability and it creates the financial resources that we can depend on. So even if we trace it all the way back to my buddy Braden, where I was contributing you know, $500 a month to him, mm -hmm. All that is is just an idea for a recurring membership that generates $500 a month and boom, you know, like, so I just, I love membership sites and the long story short is when I started my software company back in the day, it was a membership platform. And so it was the world's number one membership platform for WordPress. We powered, when I was, uh, before I sold my shares, we were powering over 70,000 online communities and membership sites. And I learned what works and what doesn't work. And from that, like now I get to share and teach and help thousands of others. You guys are included, like you guys came into our world, which I'm so grateful for because of it. And helping people in all kinds of different markets from photography and calligraphy to fitness and finance and music and health and art and dog training and business and so many more. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is that like, it doesn't matter where your passions lie. We live in the greatest time ever to start a business because now we have access to people worldwide. And so no matter what your passion is, there are others who are passionate about the same thing. It's about now finding a way to serve those people and there is no better way to serve them and build a thriving business than with a membership site. So I'm yeah. passionate about this in a big, big way because this is what gives us the means to be able to contribute to the people and causes that we're most passionate about. This is what makes everything we talked about here today possible. And so I love this time of year because every year we host a free workshop where we walk people through how to take this idea, this passion, and turn it into a thriving membership. And so you guys came into my world because of it, and I'm so grateful for it, and I can't wait to uh, support and help others uh, who do so as well. 
Thank you so much for sharing all of what you've shared with us today, Stu, especially about um, just how generosity has shaped your life in small ways and in the big ways and how uh, our listeners, you know, they might not be able to do the surprise excursion yet, maybe someday, but they can pay for somebody's groceries. They can start Mm -hmm. flexing that giving muscle now and experience the joy in generosity. And so Mm -hmm. if any of our listeners are interested in keeping up with Stu uh, in the tribe community, visit walletwin.com slash tribe, and you can check out the workshop and uh, the tribe experience and get more information there. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for uh, the opportunity to share and for this conversation. This is like this conversation right here is what makes everything that we do matter. Like this is the thing that lights me up. And, uh, and, and this is why, like, I, I, I love what we get to do because it just gives us the means to be able to uh, give and contribute on a, on a bigger scale. The only uh, last little tip I would give everybody is that when you contribute to people that you love, don't just give it to them, build it up, make it a surprise, (laughs) make it a fun experience. They'll never forget it when you do it that way. You are the master at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we we say that. Yeah. I mean, getting your money right, all that, you know, you get to that, that goal, you, you flex the generosity muscle along the way, and then you can really have a ton of fun, you know, as as you've built that wealth and and enter into the, that kind of part of your life. And uh, yeah, you are a great example of that. You help people, you know, on their way to get there. And uh, just thank you for your time today speaking with us for this conversation. It was certainly uh, life-giving for us. I'm sure it, uh, I guess right now it will be, or for the people listening, it has been uh, interesting and (laughs) life-giving to them. So just thank you for your time and uh, your generosity with your time and, and joining us today. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you both. Thanks, Stu. Hey, guys, that was an awesome interview. We're back Mm -hmm. in the now with Bad Voice Amanda. (laughs) And I just want to say, hey, this is episode... Sure. (laughs) This is episode 25. You can get the the full show notes. You you can watch those videos that Stu talked about. We will have those embedded on the page. Uh, Links to that workshop we talked about where you can kind of get started. You can learn about this whole like membership idea thing of starting a business like that i mean just uh, if you've considered it or not like you should yeah. watch it stew is awesome the videos are great if nothing else you, you get a little bit more stew if you're a business owner and you do not have a component to your business where you're getting that sweet sweet recurring revenue coming in you definitely want to pop yourself into that workshop and just start dreaming and exploring of how could you create a membership site for your business. And maybe you don't have a business today, but maybe down the road you will. So pop on over to the workshop, get inspired, and think about how a membership might be the perfect way for you to launch whatever your business is going to be down the road. Heck, if you know that maybe a membership model is not even um, in the cards for you at this very moment, again, Stu knows his stuff on all types of businesses. So hanging around him, it's going to be worth its weight in gold because he's going to share golden nuggets that are just classic marketing principles that you're definitely going to want to be aware of. Mm-hmm. You can check out that free workshop at walletwin.com slash tribe. Uh, that's, that's his business. It helps you, helps you build a tribe. So it's walletwin.com slash tribe. 
for that free workshop. And there'll be a clickable link in the show notes in the show description of this episode. Just click that and check it out. Again, you get all those videos that he talked about, links to his nonprofit Village Impact. You can learn about the difference they are having in the world by checking out the show notes, the full show notes with the videos and all that right in there at walletwin.com slash 25. Thank you for tuning in this week. We will see you next week and make sure to subscribe to the Walletwin podcast. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Walletwin program at walletwin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.